What is up? You're listening to the Three and B Pod. I'm your host Justin Lewis. Joining me as always is Ben Hogan. Ben, it's been a minute. You doing good? Yeah, man. It just it feels like things are going fast with the lengthened season and the shortened off season. We're already in summer league. I mean, <laughs> the season just ended. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a quick turnaround. But hey, for the basketball junkie, it's a great thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could get used to this type of schedule, uh, the NBA schedule. But, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be the case. But at least the uh, the playing games look like they're coming back. So, that's that's good. At least for next year. That'll give the Grizzlies uh, a shot again. I just – with the Warriors getting uh, their roster back, that, that tightens things up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Lakers, <laughs> they got a little better, too. Yeah, I don't think being the well, playing game. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I said a little bit better. I didn't say that. That <laughs> I, I don't have them as title contenders like a lot of people do. It, to me, it, it has more of the feeling of the Steve Nash, Dwight Howard Lakers, or the Carl Malone, Gary Payton Lakers. It doesn't yep. have. It doesn't have that feel of this team's going to run through the NBA. No, it does not. Not like the not like the Brooklyn gonna, Nets. No. No. So it's. Uh, the the last time we were on together, we uh we put in two weeks worth of work on the draft preview. So we've not really spoken since the draft itself. And I know we've had a lot of the podcasts from the GBB network kind of cover that. So we'll just hit it quickly. And we get to be the ones to have the immediate reaction to the Grizzlies uh Vegas Summer League debut. So let's just talk about the draft. Pick 10, we were up, we're watching it play out. We've talked Moody. Uh, we've talked Kaminga, we've talked Book Knight, and all of a sudden, Giddy goes to Oklahoma City, and then the way things fall, you're choosing between Book Knight and Moody at ten. So we thought. So when, yeah. it, come, when it comes across Zaire Williams at ten, what was your reaction? Uh, what? Like it was just one of those. Because Wagner was another one that was linked to the Grizzlies, and he was off the board. So I was like, okay, they're going to get Moody or Book Knight. You, you kind of feel like, okay, what's next? You didn't, you didn't feel like that that was what they were going with. I don't know. It just, it just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and so a couple of days before, I had said something on Twitter about climbing works in secret. Uh, we don't really know what they're thinking. And I got kind of poked at, made fun of a little bit for saying that. They're like, no, no, clearly – you know, nobody has a tight grip on their stuff. Stuff gets out. And I was like, eh, no, like we talked about it, that that uh, New Orleans deal, like the details that came out were all New Orleans specific. Like nobody had any idea what player from Memphis was going to go in this deal. And it, sure enough, like it was true. Like the Grizzlies have been targeting Zaire Williams for two years now and yeah. made the moves uh, to, to go get him. Um and we'll talk about his debut that he had today at Summer League uh, in a little bit. But um, it, the narrative around it, I think, was more so confused at all the media linking them to Moody, possibly Book Knight, Wagner, Giddy. Nobody had them linked to Zaire Williams. Um, yeah. And so when the guy that you think everybody says that we're gonna, we should take it 10 and Moses Moody is still there and you don't take him, I don't think people were I don't think people knew enough about Zaire Williams to be truly disappointed in him. It was more so we didn't get Moses Moody, who we were told was 
it for us. Right. That's what uh, a lot of people kind of felt the move up was for Moody. You know, again, we heard Giddy, we heard Wagner, we heard these other guys beforehand. But when, like you said, when Moody's just sitting there, kind of feels like, okay, well, this is kind of how things are falling into place. And right after the, the pick, I threw out there on Twitter, I put up a poll like, hey, you know, I compared this to the Jordan Adams uh, pick over Rodney Hood. And it was just because, like, the Grizzlies fan base was obviously prepared and set and wanted a certain guy, and then somebody else got taken. And it was kind of the instant reaction kind of came off as, this is a bad pick. I mean, initial reaction or disappointment. Jordan Adams won that the poll hands down, like more disappointing uh, of the two, which is obvious because, I mean, I think that was just like the Grizzlies didn't have a three that they needed ever since they got rid of Rudy Gay. And they kind of felt like Rodney Hood was this guy, was going to be the guy. And they drafted Jordan Adams. And it was just kind of like, uh, you know. <laughs> the, the the analytical darling that Jordan Adams was. Um, and I gave him the benefit – I gave Allinger the benefit of the doubt with that pick is I'm giving – this front office, the benefit of the doubt with this one, hopefully this one turns out a little better. Well, and I think any negative narr- narrative with Zaire Williams is is unwarranted, unjustified, um, and really irresponsible because his Stanford year is a joke. I mean, there's, there's more stories coming out about Stanford right now that just aren't good about their basketball yeah. program. Um, you know, the things that Zaire went through in his personal life last year – the fact that Stanford was on the road all season long, living in hotels, couldn't practice. Like, no 19-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid is going to succeed and perform well in in those circumstances. So when you go look at shooting numbers and for a guy that doesn't get to practice that often and is on the road the whole time, like, yeah, he's not going to shoot well. But for, I was fortunate enough to be the one at Grizzly Bear Blues to do his draft profile, um, and, I, and I got to see – the pick and roll um, as him as a ball handler. I got to see him just absolutely lift off and, and just posterize somebody on an inbound play. I got to see him create off the dribble and pull up and knock down a shot. Like the tools are most certainly there. And then the length is as well. So was it a reach? Sure. But I believe Kleiman when he says that they had Intel that he was going to go before 17 and they did what they had to do. Um, and I even said on the preview podcast that it was smoke screen season. These last yeah. these these last couple of days before the draft, all smoke screen. Moses Moody's private workout in L.A. came out at a convenient time. The Josh Giddy information came out at a convenient time. Like everybody that had, I don't think you could find anyone anywhere that had Zaire linked to Memphis at ten. They had him linked to him at seventeen, but they also had Zaire linked to Orlando at eight. So there's there was merit in getting Zaire at 10, I think. Well, really, only the first three picks kind of felt like they went to with guys that they were linked to pretty much through the whole process. Because after that, things got weird. You know, Barnes goes fourth, Suggs went fifth, and then it kind of felt like this was just a wild draft. And guys were falling left and right, whereas other guys, you know, surprise picks. And it was it just felt like – it's crazy to me because it feels like with the way social media is and how everyone has more intel than they've ever had before, that this was probably the most missed draft when it comes to, quote, experts on mock drafts this this year, like ever. 
it feels like. Because normally, kind of, you know, teams, you know what they want and you know who they like. And then this year it was just like smoke screen after smoke screen after smoke screen and agents putting up their stuff, front offices putting out their feelers, you know, trying to get one over on the, the next team that's picking before or after them. And it, it was just, I enjoyed it. You turn off the Woj and Shams tweets. I had to. And you're in for a, you know, it was a, it was a fun night. It was a fun draft. Yeah, I think it's hilarious that everybody just assumed that the San Antonio Spurs at 12 were going to pick a foreign player, uh, whether it was <laughs> Garuba or Shingun. Um, and then they just – they another team that had an excellent job of, of keeping it silent uh, what they were interested in and, and jumping up and taking Josh Primo, which I think is a, uh, a great pick for them considering they're about to go in full-on, you know, rebuild mode. Yeah. But let's talk about our second pick. You know, the Grizzlies moved up um from 51 to like 40 and uh i actually like who got taken at pick number 40 and jerry butler he would have been a nice pick for the grizzlies but um we knew the grizzlies weren't done moving up um them jumping into that uh back half of the first round or beginning of the second round and it was again out of nowhere a guy i don't think anybody had even on their boards i I think some people might have had him in their mid 50s and those are the guys that like do the hardcore scouting but um, Santi Aldama, like I watched some film, I get it. I, I, he does everything you want at six ten. He can defend. I think he defends a little bit better than Tilly. Um, I don't think he's going to shoot better than Tilly, especially the the shooting display he just put on in in Vegas. Um, I think he's a better playmaker than Tilly. I think he's a better rebounder than Tilly. Um, but he's he's obviously something that the Grizzlies are interested in because they went to the first round, and you don't go to the first round for a draft and stash. Um, right. And they just offered him a, a four-year deal. Um, so what were your thoughts on that one? Uh, did they have intel that he was going to get taken before 40? Yes. I mean, I, yes. They so they, they were under the impression that Oklahoma City was going to take him with one of their two picks in the third. Okay, yeah. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, – they obviously had their who, – who they were targeting. And – It was nobody that none of us thought – Right, no, which is, I mean, they're probably sitting there reading, probably reading Grizzly Bear Blues, listening to local radio, and they're like, these guys have no clue. Like, probably <laughs> all of them, these guys have no clue what's yeah. going on. But Sean, Sean Coleman didn't nail it this year, right? Yeah, but, but that means they're doing a good job. The front office is doing a good job keeping everyone fooled, and, you know, even the ones closest to the, the team had no clue, really, what they were doing. I guess we could say that Eric kind of had – if we go back and listen to what Eric said, it makes sense because Zaire Williams is a guy that he can come in. He, you can spend time developing him and let Ja be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I'll tell you what hurt me the most. To see the Houston Rockets pull Jalen Green and Josh Christopher, and then they coupled that with Garuba and Shingun. That that was a haul. The Rockets walked away sitting pretty. Yeah, and unfortunately they're uh... – In our division. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I think uh, the Warriors getting moody at 14 was insane. Yeah. And then uh, the Hornets did well getting Kai Jones and uh, Book Knight. Like there, were, there were some teams that really did well on draft night, and then there were some head scratchers. Charlotte's been doing a lot of good things this offseason. Yeah, they have. I mean, they brought in Leangelo Ball, man. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right. Let, let's let's just segue into the summer league. The Grizzlies uh, went. I think they went two and one out in Salt Lake City. Um, winning the bookend games, losing the middle game to Utah. Um, and then today in Vegas, they beat the Brooklyn Nets summer league team, which had Cam Thomas, and he looks like he's going to be for real. Um, Dayron Sharp out of North Carolina had some moments. Uh, 14, 15-year veteran Brandon Knight still trying to find his way into the league. Uh, didn't look that great. But it, to me, it was a win. And I think it was one you should have won. I think you had a better better collaboration of talent on your on your team. Um, but we're going to play a game, Ben. Overreaction or nah? And I got a list for you. Summer All league, right. summer league is the home of the overreaction. I mean, Josh Shelby was oh, yeah. was a summer league champ. Uh, yeah, and he fell flat on his never had an NBA career at all. All right. So here's the first one. John Conchar deserves real NBA minutes. Overreaction or not? Um, uh, that's that's close. That's the only reason I'm – I want the Grizzlies to shorten their rotation, but I do think that he does. Like, that's the thing. It's like I do think he deserves, NBA, like, real NBA minutes. I think the Grizzlies do need to short, shorten their rotation, so that's why I'm kind of on the fence about it. But yes, so I don't think that's an reaction. Yeah, I don't think it is either. And I, my thing is, is if we're moving to Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five, we've talked about the rebounding weaknesses. Joe Molnax has preached team rebounding. Well, if you're going to have team rebounding, you got to have John Contra on the floor. Yeah, the dude rebounds. He does everything right, like all the time. The dude is a flat out great basketball player. He may not drop thirty an average, you know, 10 points a game, but he's going to do absolutely everything else. Um, and I think he does deserve real rotation minutes, but I can't, I think somebody nationally said today that the Grizzlies and the Hawks have 10 to 14 dudes that can play and they're going to have to consolidate somehow. And Conchars yeah. is kind of a, a victim of, of depth still, even with moving on from Grayson Allen and Valanciunas. Yeah, it feels like he's moving up the the bench, but it's not. You know, they're sh they're shortening it up a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's the next one. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott belongs at the YMCA. <laughs> overreaction or not? Uh, no, I don't think that's an overreaction at all. Either. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I haven't really seen. You know. I, I just don't – he doesn't – I think the Grizzlies need to move on. He's awful. He's awful. Yeah. And I saw somebody on Twitter today. They said, I, I believe that Sean McDermott has hit a three in his NBA career, but I haven't seen it. It's like, <laughs> he, 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 does, he does nothing well. Like, I'm watching him. He is so out of place, even in summer league. I can imagine watching him in G League. That had to have been hard for Brandon Abraham. <laughs> to, to sit there and cover that bad of basketball. Here, here's my prediction with McDermott. He's about to be a grad assistant on some college staff here soon. That may, that would make sense. I mean, or go over. He could go overseas. Hey, maybe. The NBDL ain't taking him. I mean, I'm just. What does he do? He can't do anything. 
there's enough there's enough leagues overseas. He might not get paid. Look, he's got on the time. He's got the, he's got the haircut of a minor league baseball player. That's probably the sport he should go try <laughs> next. All right, we're on the same page. All right, here's here's your next one. Overreaction or not, Killian Tilly is the best Frenchman in the NBA. Oh no, that's overreaction! Oh come on, that's way overreaction. <laughs> you got the Defensive Player of the Year is French. Come on. Yeah, the Defensive Player of the Year is such a farce. He's not even that good defender. Jonas Valanciunas put him under the basket left and right. But Rudy Gobert is still better. <laughs> well, so is Evan Fournier. Yeah, yeah. I was going with the most obvious one. Nicola Batum, you could argue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Frank Nilekina? Yeah. <laughs> Look, Tilly was a sniper today in Vegas, and he is very clearly pissed off that Sam Merrill got his contract guaranteed. And Yeah. I mean, he's he's proven he's he has some value. All right, that one that one was obviously an overreaction, but it was a fun one. All right, overreaction or not, Desmond Bain is a legit second scorer on a team. Uh, I'm going to say overreaction just now. I mean, it, it's 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 the summer league deal. Right, he does look like the best player on the floor. Like he looks great, and like today's game, they're saying. Well, overtime rules work where it's, you know, we go into two-minute sun death. Next thing you know, Desmond Bain's like, nah, we're not going to overtime. (laughs) (laughs) So, 32 points. What, 32 points? He hit like six threes. Um, I've been extremely impressed with his playmaking ability as a point guard. Yeah. Move Tyus Jones. Like, (laughs) make Desmond Bain the backup point guard. No, that's your overreaction. No, um, <laughs> but the, the the Grizzlies getting rid of Grayson Allen. I thought I, we kind of we've talked about it multiple times about how we felt like there was going to be one guy that was going to be moved, and but I, it wasn't going to be Bain. We knew that, but it was going to be Allen or Melton, and I'm I'm glad it was Grayson Allen because I want to see what both those guys can do in a Grizzlies uniform because I think their ceilings are higher than uh, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's a great ball player, but I you know if he goes and overachieves elsewhere i'm not gonna be that disappointed if i see d'anthony melton go somewhere and overachieve or you know come into his own i'm gonna be a little bit more upset i think i think that trade uh with milwaukee was perfect for both teams um grayson's gonna fit in nicely uh in milwaukee milwaukee is a role player Uh, he'll give Mm -hmm. them more than bryn forbes gave them um off the bench and uh we replenish the second round picks we get back a comparable player in Sam Merrill. People are hating on it, but like Sam Merrill can shoot and he can play make as well. So like he's not a scrub by any means. Um, but it, it's a guy that you don't feel forced to put in the rotation unless Taylor Jenkins views him as his son also and decides that he needs to be playing over Milton and Bain. But I think Bain is showing himself right now, like, hey, I, I can do this and I would love to see Bain have more volume. I think he's earning that right now. So it may be a temporary overreaction, but I do believe that he has a role as a maybe a tertiary scorer on a team just because he's a sniper. Well, I mean, what we've seen with the Grizzlies last year, it was like, you know, whoever came – Jonas usually led them in scoring. Ja did sometimes, but I mean – or and Dylan. 
like the Grizzlies don't really have. I mean, I guess Ja was their leading scorer. Was he this past season? Or was it Dylan? It was Ja. Uh, ja game yeah, Ja at like nineteen point one or something like that. See, the nineteen point one's not like he's there. Not a James Harden. Like you know who the leading scorer is going to be. The Grizzlies have it to where it can be any night, and I, I can see Desmond Bain or leading the Grizzlies and scoring five or six nights next season. At least. Yeah, so I saw somebody say that if um, if Bain gets regular minutes and, and and gets the volume that he needs, that he could break Mike Miller's three points in a game record. And I, you know, I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah John ja, ja Morant led the team at 19. Uh, Dylan and Jonas both had 17. Okay, see? I mean, that, that's pretty spread out. You know, if Ja – takes over and does become the scorer just, you know, instead of trying to distribute all the time, that could be different. But, yeah, I, I could see Bain leading the Grizzlies and scoring five, six, seven times. Yeah, for sure. Next season. All right, so the next one. Overreaction or not, Zaire Williams is better than his numbers at Stanford suggest. I think that's, that's fair. That's not an overreaction. I thought uh, – I thought you were going to say, overreaction or not, Zaire Williams is a bust. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he is. I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah, he he, he did some things well today. I mean, it, it, it was his debut. It's not – I wasn't expecting him to set the world on fire. I was, I was fine with it. You know, he didn't shoot the ball all that well, but he's still letting the game come to him. It's just he's getting used to it. And you, know, you got Desmond Bain out there <laughs> lighting the world on fire. So, I mean, that, yeah, that allows and, him – And Tilly. Yeah, and Tilly. Yeah, I mean, he's not being asked to do much. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot of this season with Zaire Williams. I think they're going to bring him along slow. I think they're going to see what he can do. But they're not going to force him to do anything. They don't have to force him to do anything. And I just think that's what we're going to see this season. And I think this is just a little, you know, small sample size of what you can expect with the Grizzlies and Zaire Williams this season. I mean, it'll be fine. Yeah. Let him get used to it. I like that they put him in the starting lineup and let him play next to Tillman and Bain uh, and Conchar because uh, that 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 sets him up for success, number one. But number two, it takes the pressure off of him by putting him in there in that second unit where he's probably the best player on that unit and he has to operate as the best player. Because guess what? He's not going to be the best player maybe ever on the Grizzlies roster because it's probably always going to be John Morant. So right. you're – I like the quote that Desmond Bain gave, gave uh, when he was asked about what he would tell the rookies, and he said something like, "Just come in and do what you do. They don't they don't expect to do more than what you're capable of doing. Just come in and be the best at what you're good at." And I think what they did with him today goes along with what you're saying. Like he can just come in and be good at what he's good at, and then get better in the background. Um, I don't think he's going to be starting at the three day one. Um, I don't know how heavy in minutes he's going to get day one. Um, but you don't pick him 10 and not play him. So he's obviously going to get some run um, and a chance to get better in the NBA because I'm working on an article right now. and The Grizzlies window has very clearly been laid out now. We're at least two to three years out from this team being title contenders. Will they make the playoffs next two to three years? Yes, it's, it's possible. And they just did it this year when nobody thought they would. But the contending window for an actual title is at least on the other end of the Stephen Adams contract. Um, and I think they made that very clear with their moves. 
Um, your next one. You probably don't have a great answer for this one. But Santi Aldama does more on the basketball court than Killian Tilly. Uh, I mean, I don't – I You can push if you need to. You can push I'm if gonna you push, need to. I'm going to push because I don't know that much about the, the new guy. I mean, yeah, I've seen a few clips here and there, but – to go ahead and already say that, I mean, Tilly's been pretty good. Um, well, what, does we'll Tilly, what does Tilly do besides score? Nothing. I mean. He's tall. He ain't good defensively. No. He but still, I, rebound. But I can't say that this other guy does. I mean, what? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. We'll he see. already he already looked just the way that he moved defensively looked like a better defender than Dilly. Like he didn't get many opportunities to show it, but just the way that he's his footwork was on defense, like he's not going to get blown by as easily as Tilly does. Well, I'm still taking a push on this one. That's Ask fair. me again in two weeks. Ask me again in two weeks when we uh for the next podcast. Yeah, I have a little more of a sample size. All uh, right. Oh. Overreaction or not? Nah? Hans has played his way into a guaranteed two-way contract. I think that uh, this is not the homer in me saying this. I think that uh, – I think he has. He's a freak athlete, and if the Grizzlies don't give him one, somebody else is. Yeah. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm at on this. And I think it would be foolish for the Grizzlies not to do it, but I know that, you know, those two-way contracts – they're like gold sometimes, you know. The only, you you don't have a, you don't have a bunch of them. You got two, and it's. Uh, but I think that he's shown that he he belongs in the league, even if it's just uh, defensive specialists, and he can he can play on the offensive end. His shot's not great, but he knocked down two in Utah. I watched him play a lot of Tennessee. And the shot <laughs> was not great, but I mean, you you weren't wanting him to shoot. Honestly, and when he, when he would leave the games at Tennessee, like they just dropped off big time. Um, Cause he was their anchor and he's played pretty well so far. I mean, he's got, he's got some highlights already. I don't he, know if they'll, uh, he blocked that shot and hit his head on the backboard. <laughs> I don't know if they'll have some top shots of uh summer league, but they do. They are having them. Okay, so I think he's already he's already earned a one or two. Yeah, that alley oop was nice too. Yeah, he he's good. Um, he's yeah. So this next one's involving him too. All right, you got to keep one on the NBA roster. You okay. got to sign two of these guys to a two way contract, and you got to cut the other two. So one, okay. two, and two. All right. McDermott's getting cut. <laughs> Oh, all right. So you got Killian Tilly, uh-huh. Sam Merrill, Ease Ponds, Sean McDermott, and Romeo Weems. I think you're gonna have to get uh probably cut the last two. Uh I think you give Ponds and uh Ponds the two way. So I it's coming can... down to Tilly and Merrill for the two-way in the last NBA spot. Yeah, and I'm thinking 
Or are we going to get rid of Bledsoe and you keep both of them? I think that's the most likely thing to happen is to get rid of Bledsoe. But if we're, for argument's sake, for this question, I'll have to say you probably have to give mm, Merrill the two-way just because I – yeah, I'm going to do that. Give Merrill the two-way. Here's my thing. Aldama and Tilly is position redundancy. Right. Merrill is a sharpshooter wing that can be there for an emergency as a third point guard. Another, like if, if Milton, you know, he's got some injury problems. I'm giving it to Merrill and I'm bringing Tilly back on the two way, but I'm making it a two year two way. Um, and if something else, if blood or if Bledsoe does happen to go, then I'm converting that to the NBA contract and I'll go pick somebody else up for my two way. Because it sure in the hell is not going to be Sean McDermott. <laughs> I figured McDermott was going to be one of those choices, but you know, <laughs> but yeah. I think, I think. I mean, I see what you're saying. I just didn't know. My whole thing is like the development of players and playing time, and I just don't want to see Bain and Melton get their minutes cut again. Yeah. So it was frustrating. Yeah, and that's just really, that's really the reason. And so, uh, but I understand why you would keep Merrill on the roster. I mean, they guarantee his contract. So I don't know if they can convert it to a two way. I think Merrill is either on the roster or he's cut or traded. Um, then he'll, he'll be, I don't think, then they're going to keep him. They, I mean, they traded for him. I, right. I, I think. So I think the next game, some of these guys aren't going to play. Like, I, maybe it's Bain and Tillman that don't play, but you know Pons didn't play at all game one. Merrill didn't play at all. Shaq Buchanan didn't play. So I'm assuming those three are going to play most of the next game um, because you don't want to take away the minutes from them when they're on the floor. Like they they need long runs as well. So it seems like they got kind of a platoon system going. So I think that Ben Moore kid didn't get any minutes either. Um, I mean, there's 17 guys dressed out for the Grizzlies. So it looks like they're going to have two teams that they're rolling out there. And then I guess when they get to tournament time, they combine the best of the two, and that's the rotation they roll with. Um, or they just say, hey, we're going to pack it up with Bain and Tillman and Conchar and let these young guys run it from there. Um, but I think we'll get a good idea of, you know, Sam Merrill's been in the system. He played for the hustle in the G League bubble. Um, and he played for the Bucks, which is a similar system to Taylor Jenkins' system. So yeah, like, I mean, that's where he came from. <laughs> he, he's got a good chance to look really good in the next summer league game. Um, and I imagine he's probably going to be the point guard because Ahmad Caver played with this group and Shaq Buchanan is not a point guard. So I am interested in a Sam Merrill and East Ponds pick and roll. <laughs> There'll be some more highlights going on there, I think. <laughs> I think so. All right. Well, is there anything you want to throw in there before we wrap it up? No, nah, like I said, it's just moving along quickly. I, I, I mean, I like, I like it. Shortened off season. Um, I'm excited. What's uh, besides the summer league? What's next? Schedule release. Uh, NBA H- 2K off. release. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> probably, probably about to get my pre order in. Yeah. So well, yeah, it's uh. There's still some free agents out there. Um to be signed. I mean, Kawhi Leonard hasn't signed yet. 
Um, there's still some pieces to fall, some dominoes to fall. Bledsoe is still on the roster currently. Goran Dragic doesn't want to be in Toronto. Um, you never, you never know what's going to happen. Real quick, uh, speaking of the offseason moves, where do you feel like the Grizzlies are currently as compared to, you know, I guess they were the eight seed this past season. Have they fallen down a peg? I mean, I, I guess Golden State, obviously, that get, even if Golden State didn't add anything with Clay Thompson coming back, that would definitely be uh, a move up. But do you feel like they're ninth, tenth right now? Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody ahead of them um, falls below them. Um, maybe Portland, maybe. Um, but yeah, Golden State's going to jump them. I think very clearly. I think um, Golden State's going to jump everybody. Honestly, yeah. I think they're going to beat in the West. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, Dallas didn't really improve all that much either. Um, so I think you're 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 fighting mm-hmm. maybe. Portland and Dallas for the the eight the seven eight nine spot there. Um, I don't think New Orleans has gotten better than you. Sacramento has not gotten better than you. Um, depends. I mean, the Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard with that injury, so you don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, I don't Houston's think Reggie's full rebuild. Yeah, but they got some talent over there. But it, they're yeah. still super young. Uh, I, I could see the Grizzlies sitting anywhere between seven to ten, just like they were predicted to be this year. So. I see that too. Yeah, well, um, keep keep up with the Grizzlies summer league. Um, hopefully, they come away back to back champs. I think they got a good chance, considering that a lot of their guys have been in their system for a couple of years and they've played together for a few years. That helps with uh, the chemistry that goes into being a team, uh, playing these kind of games. Um, make sure you check out all the other podcasts over at GBB um, and our off season features that we got coming your way. Uh, for Ben, I'm Justin. This has been another episode of the 3 and the Pod.